guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellowship. I'm your host, the fellow KGB. We are joined by John Heffernan and Drake Sanford tonight. We're just going to be hanging out, talking second half of the season. We're going to talk a little bit of Brooklyn Nets, and we'll kind of just get into some outlooks for the rest of the way and some things that we've noticed. But what's going on, Drake? How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. We're uh, just coming off the All-Star break, and here's the second half. We made it. Yeah, man, this is the last night of no basketball, I think, uh, the rest of the way. I don't know if there's any night where they don't, don't have games, but it's uh, it, it feels like, like, I think at the beginning, like in January, like we're, we said it doesn't feel like it's real basketball yet, but I, I'm excited for this second half reveal because I think it's going to be pretty uh, pretty high. Well, we've got college basketball, too, so it's just going to yeah. get that those basketball feels going everywhere. The conference tournaments have started, but John, man, how you doing? What's going on? Tis the season, boys. I'm excited. I'm. Uh, I've got all my my basketball vibes are, are going like crazy. So I'm, I'm in a good mood. <clears throat> I guess I don't know where to start this show. We we can go many different ways. Do we want to talk Brooklyn Nets first, or should we wait for a little bit? Or what's uh, anything pressing? I guess as you as we're looking at the beginning of the second half of the season here. Could you just go ahead and give uh, John the CP3 to Blake Griffin old school layup here and. <laughs> Let's talk Nats. I'm going to throw it to great. What, what, is, what does Blake Griffin do for the Brooklyn Nets? Um, not much. Probably a, a very similar to what I would do for the Brooklyn Nets, which is shoot a lot of fadeaway jump shots, um, stand on the elbows or the three-point line, and just wait and to take jump shots. I mean, he's, he's going to be shooting a lot of jump shots, and he's probably also not going to be shooting much. So he's 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 not really adding a lot of value on offense because no one's taking the ball away from their big three. He's not a good defensive player. He hasn't really been a good defensive player for a long time, and he's super injury prone. So it's um, I just don't really see. He's a great name, and he's he's a great player when he's healthy and when things are clicking and when he can get the ball in his hands. But it's just the situation in Brooklyn is not a good recipe for Blake Griffin's success. Um, and, and as a result, I think he's just going to be kind of a drop in the bucket. Like, you're just not really going to notice him, um, and it's not going to do much to his, his value in fantasy. Uh, I mean, it's bad. It's very, very bad. I think it – I don't think it changes his value in fantasy because he hasn't had much lately anyway. Um, but he's he's not going to have it's it's not going to do much for the Nets either. I don't think in a like on the court performance perspective. So I think it's going to be tough for fantasy because it's going to feel like he's going to have maybe one game per week where he gets like a good twenty five some points, but it's going to be hard to predict which week and. Then- and when you get those twelves or those thirteens, they're going to be like wondering if you should cut him or not. So I think for if if I own Blake Griffin in fantasy. I'm trying to move him as soon as I can. Uh, if you can get a guy that averages roughly 25 fantasy points, try to sell him high there. Uh, but I guess I'm more curious about what, you know, how does this, how do we view the Nets going forward for fantasy? Obviously you have Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, but now is everything else just kind of like fizzled out? We saw Bruce Brown, DeAndre Jordan, uh, even Nicholas Claxon and Joe Harris were useful while Kevin Durant's out. But I guess I don't know how to value Brooklyn Nets going forward. Drake, did you have any thoughts? I mean, you kind of said it with the first three names. That's that's where the value is for the Brooklyn Nets right now for fantasy, and the rest is just a crapshoot. So guys out or, you know, Harden sitting or Irving sitting, maybe you can poach one of these guys. Joe Harris is a good guy to do that with. Um, Jeff Green, when he comes back, 
he's always fun for fantasy. So outside of that, yeah, you have the Blake Griffin, but I think we all feel similar. I do think Griffin might get some playing time with that second kind of team, giving these guys minutes. I think he's a better facilitator than most think. Um, and he's, he's just not going to be like old Blake Griffin putting up these crazy fantasy stats or anything like that. So we all are ingredients there, but I, th- I think it can be useful for this team, but he's more of a talent accusation than anything else. I'm curious what his minutes are going to look like. You know, how are they going to bring him along? It's probably going to be maybe 20 minutes the first night. We'll see how it yeah. works. Then. Uh, do we know if Kevin, is Kevin Durant going to be ready to roll like that first game? Like he's hundred percent ready to roll. Like I haven't, looked into it yet i'm not totally sure where his health is but i think the nets anyone who's not part of their big three it's all injury dependent on their big three that's how all these other nets have gotten value landry shamet and and jeff green and lots of other guys have had even you might even say weeks of sustained success where they're rosterable in a lot of different fantasy formats um you know, if Durant continues to be out, I think Blake is a decent little shot in the arm for this team right now. He might he might give you two weeks of, you know, 25 to 30 fantasy points a game if Durant is out that whole time and Blake stays healthy that whole time and plays most of the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, 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 that, if that big three is healthy, there's no room for anyone else to produce. And I assume in, in the very near future, if not – in the next three days, that big three is going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I guess outside of the big three is like DeAndre Jordan, probably the only guy that's worth a damn for worth holding on to because he's a center. He's he's consistent minutes. He's pretty you know pretty good points per minute when he plays too. I think that's the only guy that I can trust outside of the big three. But even then, he's kind of like the end of your bench for a twelve team league. But his numbers have been nice so far this year. He just has this kind of high floor of around eighteen points, but. I think he might be the last of the of the nets that you can use. I don't know. Any other final thoughts here? Like, does this does this push the push the nets past? Like, are they the clear number one team? Like, we already knew they would be with the with the top three. But does this does this should this really change how we view the nets that much? I don't think so because we already viewed the nets as that. I mean, they have KD, so <laughs> they have Harden and they have Kyrie Irving. So it's just. Yeah. I'm just – we haven't seen them play a lot of games altogether, have we? No, but, I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious. They let – when they're all three healthy, they just let Irving and Harden kind of run the first three quarters, keep the game close, or maybe even have a good lead, and then KD can just come in there in the fourth and close it out on you. Like, it's no one's business. It's crazy. Yeah, they don't need KD to win games. I mean, no. Kyrie and Harden are really quite a – quite a tandem a much better tandem than i thought they would be and i thought that'd be good <laughs> it's gonna be i don't know how a team's gonna beat that in six or seven games i think that we had that question in our in our chat but it's whew, like as, at the moment right now man i don't want anything to do with brooklyn we'll see if they can keep keep it all together but uh right now before this is one thing i was looking at too is before the all-star break the last 10 games brooklyn was the best team they were nine and one and that's without kevin durant like that's you know, that's sort of sweating action right there for the rest of the NBA. I yeah, think. it's just two all-stars, not yeah. three. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, the league's on notice right now, but I also wanted to point out a couple other teams because I noticed, you know, the last 10 games, uh, of course, Brooklyn was the best team at 9-1. and one. 
Uh, there was some some moments here. The Washington Wizards, keep an eye on them. They were seven and three. Of course, the Knicks and the Miami Heat, seven and three, playing good ball. Uh, but in the West, the Phoenix Suns have been eight and two. Uh, also, Dallas Mavericks eight and two the last ten games. So I think there's some fun uh, action to be had, you know, going forward for both those teams. Not a lot of expectations at the moment right now, but Phoenix is looking good. Did you guys have any other final thoughts on like? I guess just Who thought Chris Paul would be on the Phoenix Suns like two years ago <laughs> as a contender? <laughs> I mean, come on. This organization has been a joke, and now all of a sudden, here they are. They're two-seed at the break. I'm in the West. I mean, In the, the West. West. In the, the hardest, West. yeah. Yeah, the West isn't what it used to be. They're ahead of the Lakers and the Clippers. So Did you call that? I didn't call that. My God. Well, where yeah. were the the Suns were in the bubble tournament last year, right? And yeah, they, and they played they played well. I mean, they, they didn't lose the game, right? Uh, yeah, they went undefeated. So, I mean, we should have seen something coming, but I don't think anyone would expect a number two overall seed at the All Star break. So, we'll see if they can keep it together. Um, a lot of young talent meshed with Chris Paul around it. So, uh, but I don't know any other like just looking at the I guess as we look at the standings here, we kind of had that. That one question, I think it was on our uh, award show where we talked about like most disappointing and things like that. But as we get to the second half of the season, like I'm, I'm so curious to watch how the New York Knicks unfold. I want to see if teams like Chicago and Indiana and Atlanta, I guess even Washington with, with the duo that they have, like there's some good competition here at the bottom of the East to keep an eye on. Anything in the East, John, for you that uh, excites you a little bit? That that eighth that eighth seed race is going to be really fun because it, it, there's a really good likelihood it's a, some some combination of the Knicks who have been really fun, the Wizards who are getting fun, the Hawks and the Pacers who are, you know, they're and the Bulls they're all you know they're all okay, um, and then the Raptors and the Heat who we all kind of thought would be much better. Um, and that's going to be a fun, a fun race. And, and I guess the Horn—I mean, the Hornets are in it right now. I, I don't assume they'll stay, but there I go talking bad about Lamelo again. And look where that got me before. So I guess they'll be in the running as well. So and and that might be for the sixth. You know, that might be for like the five, six, seven, eight, I suppose. But um, so those last couple East spots, that I, I, everything is so tight. I, I and think I think the Wizards, the Wizards are coming. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's kind of impressive what the Heat and the Raptors have been up to, just because they've been they've been hit with so many injuries, and then there's been some COVID on both sides here. And we have did we lose? Oh, that was just a hiccup there. You guys can hear me, okay? I can hear you fine. Yep, I can hear it. I can hear Kyle, and I can hear Drake. It's a little, uh, it's a little fuzzy coming just from Kyle. It catch back up here. You there, Kyle? Dad? <laughs> Dad? <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway, so, uh, so what else? What else um, like here? Um, I mean, I think does the Nets move just simply force other Eastern teams to make a move? Like, do the Sixers now have to get a guy? The Bucks probably. I don't know how they get a guy, but can they get a guy? Um, the Celtics, another team right there. So, do you think? Do you think that happens at all, John? 
that we see these other teams go out and get someone. This is this Nets thing. I I can't like sell my point of view on this enough. But like I just I I don't think it impacts the. Bye, Dad. Uh, hopefully, Dad comes back. I need I need to be reined in some. He went down to the grocery store to get some milk. <laughs> to get some smokes, I, I haven't seen him. <laughs> Hello. Um, hey, Kyle. Are we okay? Yeah, we're rolling. We're good. I'm trying to answer a question, but you're you're doing fun things um, on the internet. Um, but I'm glad to have you back. And we did call you Dad. I heard, I heard that. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> you heard our cries yeah. for help, at least. A little bit. I just had to open up a new browser. That was clear, but um, you're but good. So, so, so um, the Nets, I think, or excuse me, I don't think the other teams necessarily feel like they need to add anyone because if they need, their feelings should be the same. Like, okay, these guys have this massive big three that is overwhelming all of us, especially on offense. If, if, if that's motivating you to add someone, then you're still going to be motivated, regardless of Blake Griffin. And if you weren't motivated to add someone, I don't think Blake Griffin's making a team like change their opinion on that. I, I just – they're already so stacked. I don't think Blake Griffin changes how you view that and like your, your playoff plans. Is, is there any players you think like the Sixers or the Bucks could add? Like – Yes, I, I think I think they. I mean, I, and again, I think these teams probably would be adding these players anyway, regardless of Blake or yeah, not. Yeah, regardless because, of Blake, because because the Bucks especially need some useful bodies, and they could they could use just about anyone who can shoot um, right now, like they usually can. Um, I, I don't have guys. I don't really have guys in mind because I'm not exactly sure who's going to be cut. I guess I hear Drummond could be cut if he doesn't get traded, but um, I don't. I don't know how much the Bucks or the Sixers need a Drummond. They obviously they'd be they'd be a nice to have, but um, I don't know if that's what either of those teams is looking for to like improve their playoffs positioning. Um, uh, wings would help probably both. I think both teams would love wings as a Bucks fan. I can tell you we could, I wouldn't be upset if we got another guard um, Celtics. I feel like they need big guys, you know, Drummond in, in Boston just makes so much sense to me. I guess that it, in Toronto as well, if Toronto is trying to fortify their interior, if one of those two teams got their hands on Drummond, um, I know, I don't know if you were necessarily asking about those teams, but that could be huge. The Knicks, you know, I mean, I, I kind of assume Robinson's coming back, but if they could get their hands on Drummond, that would be big. Um, but I, I can't tell you the wings or the guards that might be available coming up. Did Kyle freeze again? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're still going. So tell me, tell me something about the Suns, Drake. Like, do you do you think the Suns would have made the playoffs without Chris Paul this year? I mean, obviously, they wouldn't be the two seed, but do you think they would have made the playoffs? Yeah, I think they're probably about where the Spurs are at right now, or that Mavericks kind of fighting in the bottom there. Um, they they're definitely not a two seed. Just the what Chris Paul has done with this team is amazing. You know, he's. They're built around this talent of um, Booker and Aiden, and then they got CP3 running it. And the pick and roll last year was working so well in the bubble. And then you had the pick and roll god with CP3. It's yeah, it's dangerous. That's in heaven. 
yeah it, it's fun to watch as as we are sad second tier sun fans um ourselves but <laughs> this year it's a this is a year for rejoicing though i mean yeah. I've, I, I, I've i've got a valley jersey in my queue like i'm it's i'm having so much fun um it, it's uh, a valley jersey either i mean what's up the valley jersey is just beautiful you mean it's got to be it's got to be the best jersey in the nba in my opinion and that's a pretty i mean the nba is known for some pretty strong jerseys so that's a yeah. that's a high praise from from me but um but it's a beautiful jersey regardless of your ranking of it for sure i i'm not sure what the suns look like in the playoffs um it's probably going to be rough for them in there getting into the second round will be nice if 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 Paul Booker, Aiton, and Bridges are healthy, I think that team could beat just about anyone but a healthy Lakers team because they kind of already are. Yeah. Clipper Clippers would give them hell. A healthy it would be, Clippers it'd be very hard to beat the Clippers with that team. Yeah, a healthy Clippers would give them hell. Um, <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about something else. No, yeah. Kyle, you know, I, I wish I had I wish I had this on my computer so I could share it with everyone. But let's talk about something else. Let's give the people some fantasy content. Yes. Um, we're looking at teams that have the most games and the least games before you were able to join us um, uh, at, during the fantasy playoffs. So I think that's week 18 through week 20 for the fantasy playoffs. Um, and the, the teams with the most games, I think there were um, – a couple teams that bunched up to the top, especially in the championship week. I think there were a couple teams that maybe even had five games. Um, but uh, oh, Kyle, you back, boss? I think nice. So I had to reset my right. router. It's still a little funky, it sounds, but um, I just caught the end. You guys are talking schedule here. Are you looking at the fantasy playoff schedule or what the what the part of the schedule? Just well, yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was telling Drake about this sheet. We should uh, we should look at the, uh, the total playoff games for teams um, and, and see who's you know who you should target, what teams you should try to tra target players for. And there's also a very spoiler alert. There's a very interest if you start to look towards the bottom. There's a very interesting team that emerges mm -hmm. as the team with the fewest playoff games, and also the few they have the fewest games in the most some of the most important rounds of the playoffs. So. Um, that you'll want to listen to that, but um, but yeah, the teams that emerge at the top are interesting to me. Um, if you notice, if you listen to some of our earlier pods, I, th I think it was maybe two pods ago that I was on uh, one of these Tuesday night hangouts where I mentioned um, Memphis and San Antonio had missed the most games due to COVID so far this season, um, not not by like leaps and bounds, but you know by two more games than the next closest teams. And you'll notice they have the most playoff games, but even maybe more importantly, they both have the most games you could possibly have in the final week. So the championship week. Um, so I think, I think if you, you know, if you have a John Morant, for example, or a DeMar DeRozan, um, you're probably not looking to trade a player like that <laughs> unless you are desperate to make the playoffs. And then maybe you could use this as a, you know, a point to bolster your argument to improve. But, um, 
yeah, this is this. I just think this is interesting. And also, you know, to think about for uh, probably the most important thing, at least in my perspective, is to think about, you know, for your guys, you're going to pick up. Um, especially right before you go into the playoffs, if you see some, int- if you if you see a Yaka Pertle or um, you know uh, a Jaron Jackson or I don't know, I don't I don't necessarily know who might be available in some of your leagues, uh, but but if you see Memphis as a team or San Antonio as a team or even Dallas as a team, um, those are some guys. Those are some teams. Washington and Houston as well. Thank you for highlighting them, Kyle. Those are some teams you definitely want to target for for the fantasy playoffs. And I break it down. Week 11, there's a handful of teams with three. Of course, you want to try to pick up one of those guys for the rest of the week. But if you look ahead to week 12, the Lakers <laughs> have five games next week. Um, so that's going to make a guy like Kyle Kuzma, maybe even KCP, like some of those fringe guys, maybe worth an ad here. But you got a handful of, I mean, mo- the majority of teams play four, but especially a guy like Kyle Kuzma seems like a guy to add if you're in a 12 man league. Kuzma uh, should be on your roster by now, guys. Come on. That, that's what's that's what's really <laughs> is he's uh I just true, talked true, to him true. Wire show. Kuz Cruz. He's only 40% owned, man. Uh, that's what's weird. And he had people. that last game before we're, the start. We're a competitive deep league, you know. We we got uh people aren't hanging around on the bench in our league. Or on the waivers, excuse me. Let me just pull up the Lakers and see if we can find anybody that might be, I guess, worth it. Like if, if you have the win in the bag this week and you can look ahead to next week, maybe we can find some guys that are worth holding on to. Like, I mean, Kuzma's right there. Maybe I'll filter by percent rostered here. Um, it's pretty much KCP, right? Like that's that's the one guy that could get you some bonus points. I've never been able to pull the trigger on Horton Tucker. I've looked at it so many times. But yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's pretty consistent as of late. To be honest, ten games or so have been really good. So, and he's only four point five percent rostered. I he's been on my watch list for the last three weeks, just kind of <laughs> looking at him. But I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, what about a guy like Markeith Morris, who's been averaging some good points the last fifteen days? You get wow. some bad Markeith. You got a point two five in a <laughs> one point two five. There, he scored one point five zero points in two games. That's just shunned. He's gone. Scary. Can't believe you just disrespected Caruso like that and skipped right over him. He's day to day. I don't know if he's going to play. Let's see here. He's unavailable Wednesday. That was from last week. Uh, but if, I mean, if you get Caruso playing, I mean, you got to just probably put up with one of these stinkers. But for the most part, you're probably getting eighteen to twenty points at least. So times that by five, maybe you can get a maybe you can pop a hundred points at the high side, but definitely eighty points. So, uh, but that's kind of the moves that I like to make. Is if you see, look at Marcus Sauls. Um, so I'll go ahead. Um, it's, it looks like he's out there. So he is he is out. I don't have any game updates on him, but if he plays, like he's got the high floor. Like definitely, you, he's you know, a fun guy to play. Actually, after we talked a couple of weeks ago, I ended up picking him up, and he had a nice little stretch there. <laughs> just, I mean, just average in twenties. You probably got this little pull here. Huh? <laughs> yep. So I mean, if, if he's good to go, uh, I mean, what's cool is we have the next few days to figure it out. If you look at the schedule here, they're only going to play one game. That's on the twelfth here, uh, but then they start right back up. I think that's Monday. They have a bunch of. They have a bunch of um, but Tor- Talon Horton Tucker interests me quite a bit. If if you can get Kuzma, I think that'd be probably the name that I like. Um, and then I didn't see anybody else here that stuck out. Let me see. Maybe Markeith Morris. Maybe. 
if, if Caruso is ready to go, I like Caruso too. Yeah, he should probably be owned when he's healthy. But we're definitely just playing the numbers game. And then John kind of teased uh, at the beginning. Well, I want Drake to talk about this, but you should set it up and, <laughs> and lob, it, lob it to Drake. So if we just filter here by this is the rest of the season. This is the, the amount of games a team has. Now you see at the very bottom, you got the LA Clippers with only 34 games. And then if we go ahead and filter by playoff weeks, which is 18, 19, and 20, the Clippers, again, are the dead last team with games. They only have 10 games over three weeks. So they play the least amount of games, weeks 18 through 20, and then the rest of the season. So what should we do with our with our LA Clippers, Drake? Should we be looking to make trades? Should we try to send these guys away ASAP? Or what's your what are you thinking here? No, I mean you hold good talented players. It's a game or two. Look at the Brooklyn Nets, they're at eleven games in that same stretch. So you're talking one game there. You're not gonna start shipping uh Steph Curry because of this, are you? So I I think if you're keeping, you know, maybe if you can make a spicy trade and you can get the name recognition and send a Paul George or Kawhi and pick up some really nice pieces that are up at the top there, you know, maybe you could snag a Bradley Beal in that trade or um, a Ja Morant or something like that. That'd probably be worth looking into it just from a numbers perspective, but it doesn't panic me. It, it's not sending me to like just all of a sudden sell all these super consistent, solid fantasy players. Your last point is my my favorite point, um, or second last maybe. Um, the uh, my my question to you as a follow up to that is: If I own Kawhi Leonard, should I trade him for John Morant or Demar Derozan? Let me pull it up. I would say absolutely. I, I would say I'm I'm because of the games. Because taking, of the games, I'm 100% taking the John Morant, um, DeRozan, and the Spurs have a little more hesitant with me, but um, I would definitely take a John Morant for Kawhi trade just because of the games, just because <clears throat> of the basic numbers. <laughs> Were there any other names here that we could maybe pull into this? If we're looking at, I mean, these all these teams play. Bradley Beal. Um, but I was Russell kind of Westbrook. at the last. And Luca. Luca. Though, I mean. Houston's no about trade. to become a very fun cesspool of fantasy no pickups. Like, yeah. We are going to be picking up Houston players every week. Because there's just going to be these random guys. Just let, me, let, me, off. let me put it this way. You do not need to look up Luca because if you could trade Kawhi Leonard, if you own Kawhi Leonard and you could trade him for Luca, then I don't care how many games are left in the season. I would just what go run this, and do that. What if you owned Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and you offered that for Luca? Um, no, because you're getting, you're getting, you're getting. 20 games out of those two over that period of time. And you're only getting like 14 or you're only getting 14 from Luca. So I don't think we're getting Westbrook or Bradley Beal in this deal for Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to add Paul George to this as well. Um, and the chances of someone owning Kawhi and Paul George, what are, what are those chances? Um, I mean, Clippers fans exist. <laughs> 16 uh, leagues exist. <laughs> You'd have to take those. Those are both. Uh, you'd have to take them at like twenty four and twenty, like twenty five and twenty six overall in that range. So it's doable. 
Um, but I mean, you look at the last 15 day averages here, Kawhi basically under DeRozan. So I think Kawhi for DeRozan straight up makes a lot of sense. You're getting a team that plays 40 games the rest of the way compared to 34. That's almost a game a week the rest of the way. That makes sense. Um, this is fantasy winning. This is fantasy championship winning content, people. If you don't have your pen and paper out, like, what are you doing right I'm now? I'm actually upset we're telling people this stuff. <laughs> um, members of our league watch this. If this can, is what our Patreon is for. <laughs> yeah. If I can get DeMar DeRozan or John Moran straight up for Kawhi Leonard, I think I do it. Um, just yes. games <laughs> they play. Also, like... Clippers might be, you know, taking a game off or two every now and then, whereas the, both the Spurs and the Memphis Grizzlies, those teams got to play balls to the wall just to get into the show. Um, so I would expect them to run those guys uh, pretty much to the to the empty part. But even even Washington, I, I don't think I, no one's going to trade away a Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook at this point, right? Like those guys are kind of no. off the table. I mean, you'd have that to, would be hard. That would be hard. And that and that's and not only do Morant and DeRozan play more games, but especially if you're in redraft leagues, I think those guys are just le- and and just kind of you know for the average fan, just less valuable. Morant is a lot of fun, and maybe as a result, he's more of a you know a fun piece than a fantasy piece for some of the teams he's on. But like. Um, I think you could. I, I think in most leagues, as long as people aren't paying strict attention to the schedule, I think you could swing a Kawhi trade for John Morant right now. So I have a handful of teams here that are playing 34 or 37 games the rest of the way. That's, I mean, only three more games the rest of the season. But is that enough to tilt you if, if Chicago, Portland, uh, the Pacers, Charlotte, Phoenix, would any of those players make sense for you to move uh, for, I mean, to send away Kawhi? Not for rest of the season, but I, for for playoffs, I'm much more interested in. So, like when you're talking about Washington and Houston, especially or not Houston, but when we were talking about Washington, you know they only have like two more games than Kawhi or than, than the Clippers. That three games is a big difference to me. Two games is still pretty big. I, you know, any mu- multiple digit number, any double digit number, or excuse me, any number over two plus is going to give me excitement, but. I like those teams that have three more games than the Clippers. That'd be a big swing. Um, and then as far as teams that have the most playoff games, uh, I'm also looking at week 18 because there's three teams that have five games, and that's mm-hmm. Dallas, Toronto, and Oklahoma City. If you can get an SGA, like they have a handful of games here, you know, five, four, and then three, something like so not so great during the championship run. But if you can have more players that play more games in week 18, you're more than likely to move on into the championship round. So, I mean, Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, even OG Anunoby, Chris Boucher. And then Oklahoma City's just got this, they got like a like a mini bus just full of kids that they just put up. <laughs> and I don't know where they grab some of these players from. I'm learning new names almost every week with Oklahoma City. But they have- Lucas Dort is fun to play on and off. Um, it's a wild ride with Dort. Sam Presti is the best GM in any sport of all time. And and that's that that answers a lot of questions about the. Roby has been Thunder. a lot of fun to play too. I picked him up last week because he had a couple games, and he's a he's a fun guy to play. Horford. They, they resurrected Ty Jerome. I I was starting Ty Jerome in fantasy games last week. Uh, and Theo oh is getting some. He's getting minutes. He's look at look at these these high averages here. Um, Maybe we see some consistency down the stretch. The floor is looking kind of 
it's it's almost to the point like where we would roster them because you know they kind of got that 20 point floor that we like in his last 15 games he's averaging about 21.6 so he's one to keep an eye on uh but basley uh roby dort these guys are all pretty fun to keep an eye on um so i don't know i'm interested in okc players toronto and then dallas is a hard one like do you go after a guy like porzingis is he a trade candidate for you I don't know if anyone, if John has more Porzingis thoughts, but he's averaging 35.8. I would rather have Porzingis than Paul George the rest of the way. Um, yes, absolutely. It, it just depends if, you know, there's been so many rumors. Are they keeping Porzingis? Are they moving Porzingis? Is it, I, I assume Porzingis is part of their future plan, so they keep him. But I, I would definitely rather have a healthy Porzingis than a Paul George going forward for fantasy. So that was fun. We got a we got a lot of good ideas out there. So, I mean, there's a handful of teams with like 11 games, but I just thought the Clippers needed to be discussed because they played they play the least amount of games the rest of the way and the least amount like they're the only player or only team with 10 games in that final playoff stretch. Um, so that was kind of alarming when I looked at it. And then you got a handful of teams at the top. I'll just recap those again real quick. Um, I guess the teams that play the five most game or the five most amount of games the rest of the way that's Memphis, San Antonio. Dallas, Washington, and then Houston. I don't know what we're going to get out of Houston the rest of the way or what players could emerge. Uh, but I, I, before uh, we get to the next topic here, I just want to pull up some Houston names for you guys because I found I found potentially uh, DeMarcus Cousins' replacement, and that is Justin Patton here. Uh, the man's just been getting some big run here these last three games. You see 27, 32, and 26. Really consistent, not a great scorer, but he's going to fill kind of all the numbers. You see a 38, a 30, and a 19. I like those numbers. If I get a 19 as my worst game, this man's going to be he's going to be on my lineup uh, pretty soon here. So, Adam was a pretty pretty high pick too. I think back in the Minnesota Thibodeau days, I think he was like a top 15 draft pick hey, out of Creighton. I believe he played for Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. Right, I think. He's only 23 and we know. Yeah, he, he was super talented coming out. Yeah, he's the 16th pick there. And we know it takes a while for bigs to kind of get going. And the best thing for a guy like him is opportunity is is knocked. Yeah, uh, just play minutes. Down What's down. going on with Christian Wood while we're talking about? Mr. Wood. Is he out for a while? So he hasn't played since February 4th. The last report here on ESPN is February 26th. He's not expected to return before the All-Star break. Uh, they said his ankle is about 80% healthy. Um, and Christian Wood says, if I could have it my way, I would play next game. Uh, but this is not Burger King. So he will be hopefully back after the All-Star break. I don't know. Maybe his minutes get eased in. But definitely keep an eye on this Justin Patton. Like For all we know, like if, if Wood tweaks his ankle again, they might just... They That's got- a great find, Kyle, with Justin Patton. I think the... you know. He's going to get yeah. a lot of minutes. Yeah, no. I just added him. I just added him. <laughs> Sniped. There's some champion. I'm telling people there's some good content if you if you wait if you get let us warm up a little bit. <laughs> uh, excuse my internet issues, but we'll I, I can definitely see us using the Houston uh, Rockets team as like our. It's it's basically like the Wisconsin Dells pools. Like we're just going to go back there and we'll just have like a, a little bit of fun. Leave regrets, but we'll keep going back. So, Houston, I mean, there's a lot of players, a lot of young talent there. Um, sometimes it depends on who's in or out, but I have a feeling 
opportunity is going to push certain players forward. We'll see what happens with Oladipo. I think John Wall's likely to stay with them the rest of the way, but it sounds like Oladipo could be like the one that's moved. I don't yeah, know. so so uh, that was one of the the things I was thinking about talking about tonight. If we if we got to the topic, but um, I have heard through a couple different channels, Oladipo is definitely the name I've heard the most. But there are other names I'm hearing: Jason, Jay Sean Tate, who is a rookie, um, Daniel House, um, PJ Tucker, and I think the last the last one's Macklemore. Um, those are all names I have heard as available and Houston might even be calling offering those names um, in, in a variety of deals. I think I, I, the thing, I guess the thing I've heard the most consistently is Houston is calling teams trying to make a trade. Here, here's um, your dark horse. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, please, please. You're good. Uh, I was here's done. Your dark horse, Houston, Kevin Porter jr. Um, I believe I saw that he was coming back after the all-star game or was going to start playing with the team. He was playing on the D-League. The G-League? Yeah, the G-League. Sorry. The old school. So um, I, I I think he's a guy to maybe keep an eye on once all these other guys start getting moved. Um, once he gets a bunch of minutes. and He's a fun basketball player. He, you know, if he's got his head on straight, he'll, he'll put up some – some Houston fun minutes for you. If you know, say an old deal, old depot gets moved or, you know, I definitely think uh, PJ Tucker's getting moved. He's kind of that veteran player that, you know, other teams are looking for right now that are contending, you know, can play some defense, can get some rebounds for you, can shoot the three. Um, I think John hit on all the rest of them. Pretty well. House Jr. has been a pretty effective fantasy player on and off. I think John and I have both owned him recently. Uh, Aiden in the comments mentioned that uh, Kevin Porter Jr. averaged 32, 8, and 7 in the G League. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be coming. He can play ball. Hot. So keep an eye on Kevin Porter Jr. down here. Uh, assuming they, they got all, they, have, they just have so many twos and threes on this team. So they have, they have to clear some room and see what these kids can do. Um, but man, I don't know. It's a lost season. They're going to be mixing things up. They're going to be trying different things. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll probably have better analysis once we actually see if there is a trade, like we'll, we'll have more names and more, more clear visions to kind of point things out. But, um, I did want to kind of pull up some injury stuff, uh, just to see who's IR eligible, some players that need to be monitored or coming back soon uh aiden's been mentioning that joseph nurkic uh he's only 45 percent owned and he's coming back shortly uh let me see if i can filter by percent rostered here that's a great mention by aiden um so in this he's he's about 49 percent owned and this is gonna this is gonna make uh canter and his canter kind of exposable like john if you if you if you're able to pick up canter and we know nurkic is coming back and said he's going to be reevaluated next week so that we're going to see him sooner than later do you try to move canter or how do, how do you navigate this portland trailblazers uh center position um i would i would not be afraid to, to move cancer for value right now um because this is still kind of unknown i mean i'm 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 Famously anti canter though, so I um I I I'd be excited to move on from him. 
Um, if you've been enjoying Cantor's services, you could, it just depends on your feeling of use of Nurkic because Nurkic is made of glass. He, even if he comes back fully healthy, he could get hurt with something totally different. Um, and he's going to have to get worked back into the rotation regardless, which is well, at a minimum take a week or two, probably longer. And Cantor will be fantasy relevant that entire time because he's going to be holding down the fort. So, um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure if you if you value Cantor at all. This is probably a tough situation. Personally, I'd probably be looking to, sh- to sell though. So that's that's what I would say. And then I guess we have. I mean, there's so many names on this injury list that are pretty important. I think Embiid's okay. He's just got the COVID thing. It sounds like he's on track to play this week. Uh, but some other guys here. We're still watching for Anthony Davis. We're going to see what's up with him. CJ McCollum <laughs> coming back. I'm just looking at percent roster ship and seeing who might be available. We kind of talked to. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but Karis Levert's coming back. Um, that's exciting. To oh, for Indianapolis. That is fun. And he's yeah. 80% owned. So he's a guy here. Let me read the blurbs real quick. Um, and he's expected to be ready to make his Pacers debut at some point in March after the All-Star break. So who knows when that is, but maybe by April we see Karis Levert kind of, you know, into the into the, into the, the sway of things and getting his normal minutes and points. Um, so yeah, that's a great news. Yeah, it's awesome. Super exciting. I mean, Levert is he's a good human being, and he's had some very bad luck. <laughs> And uh, as, as we get farther in the percent roster ship, I mean, Marcus Smart, Devontae Graham, OG Anunobi. Laura's so a guy that you guys I've been hearing a lot about um, as a Cavs fan is Larry Nance Jr. getting moved. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams that have been calling about him. Useful, you know, big player that can get rebounds and it just kind of be that, you know, old Tristan Thompson role kind of It's what he's filled in for. So he's, Gonna be coming back soon and might get moved to a better situation. So, keep an eye on the, the, I mean, the, the whole Cleveland situation with moving Drummond, like, there's gonna be probably multiple pieces in that, I would assume. So, that's gonna oh, show yeah. minutes and stuff. Um, so that's kind of fun. Uh, for some reason, Aaron Gordon's uh percent roster ship is really dipping as well as Mitchell Robinson, even Derrick Rose. All these guys are coming back soon. Uh, we still have no clear timetable on Jaron Jackson Jr. That's looking like a black hole from draft day. Uh, we don't know what's going on there. But DeAndre Hunter, uh, we had some good reports here. It said he won't require a second platelet-rich plasma injection, which should shed about 7 to 10 days off his original timeline. Um, so he was originally expected to miss 7 to 10 weeks, but it might be shorter. Um, they're thinking we can maybe see him April. Which I mean, you get him for the April push, get him going. Atlanta's going to be trying to make a playoff push themselves, so this is something they want to be cautious about. But they also really want him back. Um, so just I don't know if now is the time to add him, but he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on if you have the you know if you can afford to hold on to somebody in your IR. This this could be some, kind of fun to keep an eye on. Uh, but I don't know any other names here that stick out as I'm kind of scrolling through for you guys. I heard Whiteside might be um, getting a buyout here. And probably also ending up on a nicer situation for him. So another guy to maybe watch. So that would be good for Marvin Bagley and probably Rashawn Holmes. Like those guys value more, a little bit more minutes. Uh, I yeah. Like He's kind of underowned, um, but that's something interesting. I could see Hassan Whiteside going to like Toronto or some one of those center needy teams. Uh, but John, anybody sticking out for you here on this list? Not really. Um, I appreciate the shout out to Hunter. Um, 
He was so fun this season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's so many injuries. I hope this all-star break was good for people to kind of move on and get things uh, just evaluated and just kind of figure some stuff out. But, man, when's that NBA trade deadline? Should I look that up real quick? I think it's March 21st, something, something along around those lines. March 25th, which is <laughs> – Today is the ninth, so yep, is in three Thursdays. So we got a few more weeks here to get things moving. <laughs> three weeks. Trade deadline is going to be kind of hot to watch. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but I think because we kind of talked about it at the top of the show with the Brooklyn Nets, I, I I don't think anyone can realistically say, hey, we need to counter and try to get a big three going over here. I think the most important thing right now is to add depth. I look at a team like Utah, like Utah is just going to. Utah is just going to peck at you. Like they, they, they don't have a lot of superstars, but they're so, they're very good with their seven eight man rotation. They're all very good players. I think more teams are looking to build their six seven and eighth man. Um, so that's kind of the trade stuff that I'm watching. But I don't know any any final thoughts on trade stuff or what do you guys want? We're kind of going into our forty fifth minute here. We got fifteen minutes to go. Uh, I do have some questions in the chat room, but do you guys have any other final thoughts on uh, trade deadline stuff? Um, no, I think John kind of John and I talked about it a little. I do think there'll be some Eastern teams, you know, making that, like you said, that sixth man, seventh man, grab that extra kind of role player to fill this need type deal. Um, I don't see any like superstars getting moved at this point. We already kind of had that at the beginning of the season. That was wild. So, I. You know, it took me a long time to think of this, but I was reading about something today. I read a little bit about Kyle Lowry potentially. I don't know, and I don't know how they could make it work, but the Clippers were eyeing Kyle Lowry pretty aggressively and were working hard to to try to get a deal done. So that could be, regardless if the Clippers work out or not, because they don't have a lot of assets to play with. But um, but if I, I, Lowry couldn't could in theory be on the trading block, so um, so that's something certainly worth monitoring. That's the spiciest name I've heard on the block so far, for sure. So. And what I've learned is just to expect the unexpected. Someone's going to get moved that we don't know about. So it should be fun in a couple of weeks coming up. But uh, I did get a question in the chat room here from Lucius that I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on. Um, so he's got Larry Markin coming off IR. He also has Al Horford, Robert Covington. Uh, and he looks like he, he might have to dump one of these guys. He also saw Robert Williams on the waivers. This is for a 10-man's points league. Uh, are, are you guys dropping Horford or, or Robert Covington to get Markin in into, uh, I guess, your lineup so he can be eligible? Should I pull up some of these names here? I, I At first, my gut would say Covington, but Covington has yeah. been doing much better than I thought when I last looked. Um, so I think I, we need to see how Markkinen kind of plays. Maybe um, I'm definitely keeping Horford. I think so. The way that I've been kind of approaching my IR stuff is when I get when I get a guy coming back, and even though he's listed as uh, uh, like returned, sometimes I just leave him on IR if I don't need to make a move for a couple of days. I, I let him get that burner game out of the way, whether it's a game or two, just to get his minutes back up. I don't always pick a guy up just because he's eligible and because he's technically in your IR, he can, he can sit there. Um, so I, I kind of do that sometimes, but if we're looking at the last 
15 days, 27 points for Covington, 26.3 for Horford. And then he did say Robert Williams is available. I don't know if this is going to be. You, you, you have to check your league uh, code of conduct before you do, uh, do something like that, though. Uh, make sure you check with your ethics and compliance board. Um, so Robert Williams last few games here, he – this is a guy that's on his waiver wire. Are you? Are we trying to add Robert Williams here for the second half of the season? Why not? I feel like the yeah. Celtics are desperate for any kind of center and um, that can play twenty plus minutes a night for them because they Get just rebounds and yeah, they need it. I mean, so. he's got some nice assist numbers too and blocks. So Robert Williams is probably a guy to look at adding. And uh, Brad Stevens has he's quote he's been quoted saying that he wants to get Robert Williams more minutes as the season progresses. So yeah, um, I don't think I, I I make the you know immediate move for Markkinen here. I we we got to see what he's gonna do. We, these guys are all already performing really well, and I think uh, Lucius yeah. will probably pick up Robert Williams if he can drop someone else. And I mean Covington, he's frustrating at times, but I mean he's got some some nice potential here with the forties that you're seeing sprinkled throughout here. He fills out a lot of the, the stats there. These are major starter minutes here. I think yeah. I'd have a hard time cutting. Oh man, that's tough. So how do we get, how do we get marketing? Do we just let him sit there? Or do we, do we drop him? I mean, this is tough. Let's see what marketing's going to do. You know, I, and I guess we still, I think I'm pretty happy with what I'm already getting to, to make a move like that. Uh, it, it seems too risky. And Markkinen's been out for some time, so I don't know if we're going to see him back this week yet. But um, well, I guess we'll give it a few days yet. But for now, I think we're going to hold. We're going to say keep Covington and keep Horford, uh, but definitely keep an eye on. I think Robert Williams is fantastic, and especially if we're getting more minutes down the stretch. Whew, we got um, his last 15 days; he's been averaging about 24 points per game. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on here. Um, I'm trying to think, any other questions in the chat room here? Uh, but I don't know. What do you guys want to finish the uh, the rest of the ten minutes of the show with? I'm fine with whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm doing right now is I had a here I had a watch list uh, on this this league here. I just want to pull up some of the guys that I talked about on the waiver wire show yesterday to see if anybody any of these names have escaped you guys. Uh, but I, the way I kind of do it is I, I look for guys that are weird fringe numbers that I think should be higher. Um, but I mean, we've talked about Anthony Edwards enough. I think Marvin Bagley under 64% needs to be owned. TJ McConnell, only 60% owned. That seems weird. Terrence Ross, Kevin Herter, both about 56% owned. Have you guys seen Carmelo Anthony's numbers of late? Incredible. Uh, He's amazing. Vintage, vintage Carmelo Anthony here. Just getting, getting points. Um, and I also like the, the hustle on defense, whether it's steals or blocks, he's getting something almost every game here. Um, so he's, he's been on a nice little binge here, about 51%. Portland has just completely rejuvenated this guy. That was nobody wanted somehow last year. It was, it was almost laughable when it happened, right? Like, yeah. you know, like oh my God, really? And whew, it was a desperate Portland. <laughs> this is desperate. <laughs> it's actually been some of the best Carmelo we've seen for quite some time. And they're sitting yeah. here. Five seed without CJ McCollum. People forget how good Melo was. I mean, he was just automatic. One of the best shot creators. I think the, just, the shots he you could, could be play. right up in his face. He'd do that movement with the ball and then just shoot it right over you. <laughs> it was, One of the best. 
Um, I you should you should go if you get bored. You can go look in my tweet Twitter history and find multiple games right before the All Star break where I was watching the Trailblazers because they seem to always be on. You know the late game, and um, I lots of hashtag NBA Top Shot this moments uh, or tweets when. You know, with, with respective mellow fadeaway highlights, just him just absolutely nephewing and sunning and taking these young, young children, uh, dropping them off the, at the bus stop, <laughs> actually pulling the bus driver off the bus and legitimately taking them to school. Just some incredibly impressive offensive maneuvers. So, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, but again, I'm kind of just going down this list. Guys, I don't. Why is Kyle Kuzma only forty percent owned? This is this is uh, this is this is ridiculous. You know, people people some people get seasick on the Kuz cruise. <laughs> yeah, the Kuz cruise <laughs> is more of a booze cruise than anything. <laughs> I just on Lake on uh, Lake Wanapaco in February. <laughs> Uh, the double, I just the double doubles have been there the last handful of games here. This is a guy that I think we know Anthony Davis is out, but this is you know this is the time to get him. He's only forty percent owned. Even in a ten man league, I think this should be someone that you roster because if we look at his last, um, let me just filter by the last fifteen days, and Kuzma is averaging twenty seven point seven points per game, which is fantastic. So uh, as long as Anthony, even when Anthony Davis returns, I think Kuzma needs to stick stick around on rosters here. Um, Dylan Brooks, when you do this, Dylan Brooks really stands out. He's the the highest uh, or the lowest percent owned of someone doing 30-plus points over the last 15 days. That's pretty impressive. Um, he's at 50% owned. That doesn't even seem possible with the season wow. he's been having. So, yeah, he's down here. Dennis Smith Jr. went on a, uh, he went on a pretty nice run for Detroit because they were banged up at the point guard spot. I think DeLon Wright and maybe mm. – else was out but uh he had he had four maybe five incredible games here um so i kind of caught that but he had a triple double here it went uh it went we'll see what happened i don't know what the what the excitement is for detroit the rest of the way but um detroit's like you know okc and maybe houston going forward it's just uh houston midwest so it's just a playground the playground for people to play basketball on. <laughs> they traded for Dennis Smith Jr. recently, correct? This was a yeah, that was part of the Derrick Rose trade. They got Dennis Smith Jr. and some uh, second round picks, I believe. So <laughs> I think they're going to continue to play him roughly twenty five minutes per game. So he's a guy. Why um, not? Maybe we're not going to get these these forty sixes and these thirty fours, but he's definitely someone to just monitor uh, while uh, Delon Wright kind of gets back to normal, but. I just put Smith Jr. on Detroit like Kyle at Anduzzi's just shooting threes. Just just constant, constant shot, setting the record. I have to tell you today, I set the record at my office because we got that basketball hoop. Uh, yeah. Got a new office record today. So uh, that was You're nice. an animal. You can't be beat. Beat the record by six points. That's that's a good two shots. So it's uh, it, it was a jaw dropper for for those watching. Uh, <laughs> got, uh, what do you guys What do you guys know about Jordan Poole? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I know nothing. He he. All I know is he scores. He's a, he's a walking bucket. He doesn't do anything else, but he's just a walking bucket. Uh, and then Steve Kerr, uh, there's a quote saying that he would like to get more Jordan Poole minutes going forward. 26 points in 26 minutes. Uh, well, it's I think it's his first 
was it? I don't know if it's his first career game or what. I I, re, I literally don't know anything about Jordan. No, I believe he's played before. <clears throat> I don't think he's a rookie. Can't be with that mustache. Uh, Twenty-one years old. He's from Milwaukee. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, went to Michigan. Twenty-eighth uh, over. Or nineteen. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other teams he's been on. So no, he was selected by Golden State. Um, just been hanging around the G League. It sounds it's like it's been a product of you know them building him. I remember him on Michigan now. I just, I just want to see what kind of stats he's been in. So he played. He's played lightly here. He played a lot of games last year. He started 14 games for them last season, but uh, this was his first game, like in-game action this season. It looks like here. Well, maybe a couple more games here, but someone to keep an eye on as they're looking. Uh, Golden State, I think, is frustrated with with their shooting outside of Curry, so they're going to keep trying to make things. Uh, I guess see whatever works works. So keep an eye on him. Thirty-seven point three fantasy points. Um, any other names stick out here for you guys? Um, I think I mean, Nerlens Noel, like with with Mitchell Robinson coming back. Like if you can get anything for Nerlens Noel in a trade, I think that would be wise. Um, sounds like Mitchell Robinson's going to be back sooner than later here. And then Marvin Bagley, like what would you guys trade to get a Marvin Bagley? Like if we play in pretty savvy league, so he's not available, but this 63.5% bugs me. Um, I'd trade them Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Okay. A couple nickels for a dime. <laughs> I mean, look at that. That's right next to each other. <sighs> That's just a, a perfect trade. Maybe I throw in someone for them. I don't know if I would make a trade for Bagley, but if I was so inclined, maybe. No, no, we were just looking at him like a Dylan Brooks, you know, like someone in that like 30 to 32 points per game average range. You know, maybe I, I, I don't know. There's because I feel like someone's going to want more for Bagley than what he's scoring. Yeah. And I don't want to give that up. We're a little jaded with our league, by the way. I think a, a good trade target is Anthony Edwards. If you can somehow, you know, this guy is only going to perform better. I think going forward with the injuries in Minnesota and that situation, it's just a lost season. And he's going to play. And when he plays, we're starting to see why he was the first overall pick. I, I was talking to Kyle, I think, before the break. And I was saying, you need to watch more Anthony Edwards. I mean, this guy is just super exciting. And it feels like we've been talking about him for through like three or four weeks on the show, just saying get him, buy him, add him, whatever, whatever it takes, because he's one of those. I don't know. He's just one. Is it? Could he's he, still only sixty nine percent rostered. Yeah, that's what's weird. Like if you're in a ten man league and he's available, that's that's pretty messed up. But if you could make a trade for him, you know, someone's just looking at averages. You know, someone's relaxing in your league and mm-hmm. could splash that big name in front of them. So I think I'd do it. Like a guy like Hank. If you have a Hank in your league, that's probably the guy that you'd want to make a trade. But by the way, real quick, I just want to say, uh, Drake, I don't know how long it's been since we changed Hank's name to Hank the Skank, but he hasn't said a word in over a week. I think it's actually was last Tuesday since we changed it. He hasn't said a word about changing his name. And it's so seven. You know what's even funny about this, Kyle, is that I called him Hank in a separate group chat today. You just let it go. And he told me to stop, um, stop piggybacking off of you. 
of me. So I'm not. I, I he might be aware that you changed his name to Hank. He might not care enough to change it back at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so we changed jake's name to just hank hank <laughs> like how long ago kyle knows the story better than last i do tuesday yeah last tuesday and then a couple days like you know we kind of had a check-in and kyle had a clock going <laughs> like how long is this gonna last <laughs> like when does jake actually check his fantasy team <laughs> and we don't know yet i think the answers are still inconclusive it's, it's mm. still the name has still been uh can we can, is the best still kyle. open to get in on can i take uh can i can i take uh two months I mean, we don't have any open bets at all right now. We're, it's just—it's kind of baffling. It's been—it's been seven days, and uh, I know it's been all our break, but like, I, I just haven't—I checked this thing every now and then. Um, Are you saying he's at home with his family, Kyle? Oh yeah, he's—he's he's taking a vacation. <laughs> Maybe Jake's on All Star break. <laughs> he's definitely. He's currently in Maui, just not having any of Hank. <laughs> no. uh, I don't know, man. We're going on an hour here. Do you guys have any any final thoughts on tonight's episode? I apologize for the Wi-Fi problems, but I think you guys held the fort down pretty well. It's all good. Um, if if I could end with Hank stats every week, I would be a happy man. So we can uh, we'll pull up. now that we have I guess it's it's the last night of no basketball every Tuesday night we'll just pull up the Hank radar. And see <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. But any final thoughts tonight? No, nah, I'm good, man. It, this was a lot of fun as always. Um, you know, we we didn't talk about the All Star game at all, and um, I just have to say that was a fascinating and fun game. Um, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, Giannis. Um, I mean, that team was Team LeBron was so 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 stacked to begin with, but um, but watching it just unfold naturally, I guess for lack of a better way to say it, was was brilliant. It was the most entertaining team I've ever seen. Um, really, really fun. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. So we're gonna be back next Tuesday night. Uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about. We'll have a lot more uh, to, like, games to look at and action and advice. So thank you guys for hanging out in the chat room. We'll, uh, for John and Drake, you guys can follow them at their Twitter links below. But we're going to get out of here. Have a good rest of your night. Thanks. Peace.